Hello, and welcome to another episode of All the Webs a Stage, a short play podcast. I'm Stephen Thomas, and I'll be your host. Joining me on today's episode is Ivan Winkler, guest from episode two. And we read plays inspired by tweets from at Nerd Immersion and at L-L-E-X-X-R-A-E over on Twitter. Quick disclaimer, the two plays are completely fictionalized, as are the characters and events involved. And any political opinion expressed by the characters do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the host or guest. Alright, enjoy the show. On the phone with me today, once again, is Ivan Winkler. Ivan, wolf. That was not your name. Ivan, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. Well, welcome back, not just to the the show, but I don't think I've said this yet. Welcome back to the contiguous United States. Yes. Yes. It's good. How, how, how was your summer outside of the contiguous United States, out of curiosity? Well, I was uh, commercial fishing up in Bristol Bay for uh, June and July which uh, was exciting. It was a record year, which was a lot of fun. It was also nice to get away from the cell phone and uh, internet for a little while. That was that was really nice. Uh, sadly, COVID-19 took the price for the market of uh, wild-caught Alaskan salmon and dumped it in the toilet. So it wasn't really fruitful in that way, but I had a really good time. And I mean, being in Alaska in the summertime is spectacular, really, no matter where you are. It was a lot of fun. All right, cool, cool. Uh, let's get right to the discussion about your podcast because it's also been on a summer hiatus. The Teacher's Desk, which I've been enjoying, by the way. Do you have a timeline on when you're going to come back to record slash put out more episodes? I do, I do, and thanks for asking about it. The Teacher's Desk, I did put it up on hiatus because, like I said, I was away from the internet for a while. But I do have a couple episodes that have been framed out. I'm talking to some people about interviews. I'm hoping to get at least one episode out before the end of October and move on with a couple episodes a month after that. It is There's a lot of really important discussions going on about what is going to happen in teaching moving mm-hmm. forward, uh, regardless of uh, what the outcome of a vaccine or whatever else for COVID-19 the teaching world and education is going to change. And I think it's important to be talking about those things. And I think the teacher's desk is going to work really nicely as a place to do that. So I think more episodes starting in, starting in uh, late October is what we're planning on. Okay. And I, I mean, it, number one, it's great to have some, a source like the teacher's desk so that Teachers who are maybe struggling right now can listen and hear what other teachers are doing and also get that positive reinforcement. That That's always a nice thing to have. Uh, and also, it's just, I will say, it, it what this virus has been absolutely terrible, but it has taught us so much about what we were doing before was entirely unsafe and we did it because it didn't affect us even though it was unsafe. So hopefully we take some lessons from this time. I agree. And I think that it's allowing us to assess what is important when it comes to things like education or things like 
training for like corporate training or whatever else it is. And I read something recently that said that the this year's flu is likely to me uh, have much less of an impact because we're doing more of the things that they have been recommending about the flu for mm -hmm. years, like um, keeping distance from people when you're not feeling well, uh, washing your hands at an increased frequency. These things are things that the CDC has told us to do for a long time. <laughs> and now we're doing them because of a much greater threat, but it's probably going to affect things like the flu as well. And so from that, finding ways of stopping these viruses before they spread faster, being a little bit more or, or less waste, I, I'm hoping, is going to come out of it as well. And, and I mean, hopefully also both parents and also just workers in general and employers, more importantly, have learned a lesson about, listen, if your employee is sick, if your child is sick, they should not be at work. They should not be at school. And there's right. a very good reason for that. And we yes. need to put things in place so that they don't have to be there. Right. And there is and there is a little bit of a culture surrounding sick days where, the, I mean, if you take a sick day that's shown as lack of dedication or it, I mean, there's awards that go out for kids and adults that don't ever miss a day. And that mentality, when it comes to especially feeling sick, you wake up with a fever, swollen glands, or, I mean, these are reasons to keep your distance from people. And a lot of times we feel pressured, I think, to step up and tough up and go do it anyway. And I think that that, that is highly problematic. And this new age and new understanding that we have with this pandemic, I think, is teaching us some valuable lessons in that. I agree. Absolutely. Ivan, I'm going to ask you some questions we didn't get to on the last episode. So first of all, I want to talk about inspirations. Are there any playwrights or even directors that you draw inspiration for when you are writing a new play or any other writing material? You know, I, I have a few favorites. Uh, the one that always comes out on top, though, uh, I would have to say Sam Shepard. Uh, he is, I, I have a lot that I, I truly love. I mean, Tom Stoppard is, is amazing. There's a bunch out there, but Sam's my favorite. And the way that he reveals his plot is just so riveting. And I mean, I, I've seen so many of, of his plays and some several times over. And every single time I see it, it's it's a wonderful experience. It, usually dark and very disturbing, <laughs> mm. but but mm. It, the experience itself is incredibly re revealing. Um, he creates a really strong catharsis in his plays, and when he reveals the truth of everyone, the characters that have been revealing themselves to you, I think that it, that creates a catharsis with within the audience and so powerful um, buried child uh, cowboy mouth was one of my favorites which he performed with his then wife uh, patty smith punk rock icon and yeah just just an amazing playwright that's who i i don't want to write like him but i want some of the same effect that he's able to garner from his words uh, as far as writing for yourself when you start writing something do you start at the beginning and see where it goes or do you need to plot it out first? 
or do you start somewhere in the middle and build from there? You know, I, that's a really great question because I, and I, I have to say, uh, because since being on your podcast the first time and having the opportunity to write a short play to get in, uh, to be prepared for the episode, I have not stopped writing since. Uh, mm. whether it be for myself or some little gigs that I've picked up here and there, I've found myself writing constantly since then. And I really, I think it's in part because you asked if I'd be on your podcast and <laughs> I, I, I've run with it and I really appreciate it. So <laughs> thank you very much. This is well, thank uh, you for coming back. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So I would say that I, I go both ways with it because there's sometimes that I actually do create a, a skeleton and then go back and start putting the layers on it. I, I would say more often I start at the beginning and I go, I mm -hmm. start with an event. I start with a position, either reflecting on an event or in the middle of the event. And I move forward with that and uh, see where it takes me. So I'd say both, but definitely see where it takes me and just get out running is my more common approach. We are going to perform a couple of plays. The first one we're going to do was written by you, Ivan. The title is Assigned Roles. And speaking of assigned roles, do you have a preferred role you want to play? And how many roles are in the show? Let's start there. There are two roles in the show. It is okay. Melanie and Artie. And I would do, well, if you don't mind, I'll do the narrator and Melanie. The bit of inspiration for this show came from... At Nerd Immersion. Yes. And yeah. I, okay, so the, the title, I know his actual name because I watch him do some uh, Dungeons and Dragons thing, but I can't find it right now. So, oh, cool. Nerd Immersion on Twitter slash at Nerd Immersion. Thank you for the inspiration for this play. And you said you're going to be Artie, right? I said, um, Melanie. Melanie. Just kidding. I'm Artie. Got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be the narrator. I'll be the narrator. Got focused. <laughs> All right, so uh, whenever you're ready, Ivan, go ahead. Assigned roles. Lights up on a corner cafe centered on the sidewalk area just outside of the front door. A man, Artie, stands with his coffee and an upside-down picket sign propped up on his hip. A girl walks out of the coffee shop, coffee in hand and likewise carrying a picket sign. Her sign is blank. She stops just outside the door to watch as Artie tries to use his cup to lift his mask and nearly burns himself in the process. You're better off lifting your mask with your fingers. I don't think it's worth the burns. Melanie startles Artie when she speaks up. He turns, shrugs, hoping she didn't see too much of his maneuvering. Oh, it's hard to drink with coffee with a mask, huh? <laughs> Artie's mask is far too thick, and not a word of what he says could be understood. He looks in instantly perplexed and looks around frantically. All of this is highly entertaining to Melanie. You only need to wear a mask if you're close or indoors, silly. Melanie's voice is much clearer than Artie's, and she is certainly smiling as she speaks. Artie nods sheepishly and takes a couple steps back. They both lower their masks and take drinks of their coffees. You were saying? Artie swallows his painfully hot coffee and looks puzzled for a second, then remembers. Oh! Oh, right. I, I said it, it's hard to drink coffee with a mask, huh? <laughs> I know. I feel like I have to sneak a sip when nobody's looking. Yeah. <laughs> they both chuckle, take smiling drinks of their coffees, and look around aimlessly. The picket signs are of obvious interest to both of them, 
but they do their best not to show it. Finally, Melanie speaks up in her best Midwest accent. So I see you got a sign there with you there. Oh, yeah, I saw yours too. Uh, Are you here for this protest march that's coming through? I don't see anything on your sign. I I was just curious. Oh, yeah, I always come blank. Gives me more options. Instead of a board, Melanie has constructed a picket sign with a large sketchbook. Endless options for any occasion. I do like your setup. (laughs) So, um, what side are you on, if you don't mind me asking? (laughs) What, you can't tell? (laughs) Ha! You're on contract, too. I I knew it. (laughs) Who's your agent, Vinny? No, Vinny's no good for me. What what do you mean? Vinny's the best agent for this sort of thing. He, He kept me working all year. Oh, no, Vinny's good, all right. He just doesn't book the best gigs for women. I'm with Sal Valiant. His wife helps with the booking, so it's a better fit. Oh, I hear you. And yeah, Vinny is a bit rough around the edges. Hey, wait a second. Were you at that Rally for the Right event last month in Boise? I was. Were you there? I don't remember seeing you. Oh, you wouldn't. I had an Antifa contract for that event, so I had my face fully covered, but... uh... But, yeah, you were in the gals for the GOP, weren't you? I was. Good eye. Man, I had so much hairspray in, I was social distancing from every open flame I saw. Both of them (laughs) laugh at this and take drinks to their coffees. There's a short silence before both of them start talking at the same time. So So who who are you here? Left. Both of them nod at each other's answers, vaguely disappointed. Artie looks at his phone, realizes what time it is, and starts taking the bag off his sign. Uh, you might want to get writing. <laughs> the press will be here in a few minutes. Oh, I'm good, thanks. Melanie lays out her sketchbook picket sign and gets out a smatter of colorful markers. So how much are you getting for, to be on the red side today, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, I, I, I don't mind. <laughs> you, you know how the right is with their sliding scale. Oh, yeah. So uh, it's a $200 flat rate for the whole event. That means you're present, involved, and obvious with who you're supporting. About the same for the Rally of the Right in Boise. Yeah, well, that sliding scale is where the money is. I know. It can be, if you're willing. I know. At least I've heard of it. Like, more money for being more outrageous, right? Yeah, pretty much. Holy cow, I've seen guys rake in huge paychecks, but what they do to get it, I mean... So, how far do you go? Um, wait, what's your name? Oh, uh, um, I'm Arthur. My friends call me Artie, though. Sorry, no shake. I, I forget every time. <laughs> I do, too. I swear I'm going to walk out into traffic trying to avoid a jogger at an intersection someday. And you are... Oh, right, I'm Melanie. <laughs> nice to meet you. The two air handshake, to the best of their awkward ability. They both go back to tending their signs before Melanie remembers her question. So, Artie, I do want to know, how far do you go? How much do you rake in? Oh, I I do okay, but uh, there's a lot I won't do. I mean, heck, most of the big money bonuses for protests, I'll I'll never see. Oh, why not? It's because I stay political. I'll scream socialism kills or corporate greed kills, but I don't do the other stuff. No racist stuff. No religious stuff. 
But weren't you with Antifa back in Boise? Well, yeah, but fascism is political, isn't it? There are racial issues that anti-fascists are, are protesting, but a lot of those issues are made worse by political agendas. And and I'm all about questioning someone's political agenda. I hear that. Besides, most of those Antifa gigs are a bunch of pushing and waving and running and ugh, a lot of running. <laughs> so you're good telling the other side they're wrong with their political be- beliefs, but you don't touch race or gender or religion <laughs> or, or age, uh, though I'm starting to think driver's license needs to be revoked at some point. I mean, can you believe I, I saw just then a commotion is heard down the street. The march is growing closer, so Artie and Melanie quickly get their items in order. Artie takes a red MAGA hat from his bag and puts it on his head and reveals a sign that reads, Socialism equals communism. Melanie hoists her finished sign that reads with big hand-drawn letters, Her emails? I want to see his taxes. Neither of them seem particularly proud or even interested in their signs. Artie straightens his back after hunching over his sign. He tries to limber up a bit, but it's painful. Oh, ah, oh boy, going to the chiropractor today. I haven't been this excited in a while. Artie's words don't seem to be interesting to either of them, but after a moment, Melanie looks up at Artie with a questioning eye. Okay, hold up for a second. I mean, I'm all about a good crunch and pop at the chiropractor, but you're saying that's the peak of your recent excitement? You take contracts to run around and yell at people, run from cops and protesters, and you're... You're excited about a Cairo deal? No judgment, just seems odd. Well, I mean, you know, the, these protest contracts, it's, it's good for getting a heart rate going, but nah, nah, none of it is really exciting for me. It, it's like whitewater rafting on the dullest river you can think of. I, I mean, I do protest gigs because it's easy. It gets me out of the house. Like I said, I, I think political beliefs should be challenged. And you like the attention, don't you? Yeah, well, I mean, I I do enjoy a bit of attention now and then, but but no, the, these protests don't really get me excited, and so I I mean, I gotta ask, why do you do them? What's up with Melissa? Melanie. Me- Melanie. Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> why are you here, ready for anything? Because I'm mad. Artie is taken aback by this for a moment, but sees Melanie is mainly joking. No, I'm not really mad. (laughs) Not to sound cliche, but I'm quite disappointed, though. People really bum me out, and it makes me really sad and embarrassed. Can't say I disagree, but but I I still don't know why you're embarrassed, and, and how the heck does being embarrassed motivate you to be a protester for hire? I thought we were smarter. Artie and Melanie seemed to sit in her words for a moment. Artie lets the smile on his face unfold as he finds out how much he agrees with her sentiment. I wish. The two finish prepping their attire quickly. Melanie fidgets with her phone for a moment, followed by Artie getting a message sound. I found you on social media. You go do your thing. We'll talk later. Cool. Very cool. Artie dons his MAGA hat, and wraps an American flag bandana around his leg. Melanie has her mask decorated with peace signs and shirt that reads, Teachers are the true heroes. All of a sudden, Melanie looks up in a fearful panic. She quickly searches through her pockets, but finds nothing. No, 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 I can't believe I lost it. What? What's, what's wrong? What did, what did you lose? My flower. 
I had a really nice long stem peace lily. You had a peace lily in your bag? No, not a real one. Not out here. But really well made. I mean, it's not the end of the world, but that was a big prop for this. As Melanie looks through her stuff, Artie opens up a side pouch on his bag and carefully takes out something wrapped in a bandana. He unwraps a small bunch of apple blossoms tied together with a ribbon. He holds them out to show Melanie. Well, I'm not, not to be selfish, but I do want these back, if you can. Melanie looks at Artie's offering and gasps. <laughs> well, oh, they're, they're not real either, but, but they are very nice. <laughs> uh, a gift from an old friend. Oh, Artie, that's super sweet, but I don't... If I didn't want to, I, I wouldn't have offered. Besides, every beautiful protester deserves a beautiful prop. Here's yours. Artie sets down his sign and his bag, dons his mask, and walks to Melanie. Melanie also dons her mask. She reaches for the small bouquet of apple blossoms as Artie hands them over. Both of them stop for a moment as their fingers touch briefly. Artie then retreats back to his spot. I'll take care of them. Besides, now I have a reason to see you again. Artie lowers his mask to show a big smile across his face. He has the last sip of his coffee, gathers his bag, tosses his coffee in a can, and hoists up his picket sign. Artie and Melanie stand there, prepared for their protesting contracts, staring at each other, smiling. Their trance is broken suddenly when a camera team comes walking through. Artie's face contorts in anger while Melanie looks pleading at her, aggressive. As the camera pans over them, they both yell over each other. Go take a shower, you dirty liberal! Wake up! As quickly as it shows up, the camera crew leaves in haste. The stares from Artie and Melanie soften as the attention fades. The moment threatens to be awkward until Melanie sticks out her tongue at Artie. He does his best to stifle another laugh, and Melanie grins. They wink at each other and turn in opposite directions and resume the roles they've been assigned. Lights down. So, that was Assigned Roles. And the tweet that inspired that was from at Nerd Emergen. Thank you for the Twitter inspiration, which was going to the chiropractor today. I haven't been this excited in a while. Once again, at Nerd Emergen, thank you so much for that. And now we're going to move on to my play, which involves three people. Since I'm going to be doing the brief narration, I'll have you do two of the characters. Okay. Is there any one character that calls your name? I think the back and forth is more common with, I don't know, I guess it's all over the place. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I try to be generous with my... <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. It's it's, it's great. Um, I'll be Fender because I think trying okay. to pick um, the two G names might be difficult if I don't have a highlighter. <laughs> no, that's fair. So you're going to be Fender and Gerald then. Let's go with that. Cool. If you're cool with that. Um, and then I'll be Gibson. And narrator. 
And narrator, yeah. <laughs> so this next play is called Counter Offer, and it was inspired by a tweet from at L-L-E-X-X-R-A-E. Lexray. Lexray, yeah. <laughs> so thank you for the inspiration. And so here we go. Counter Offer. Lights up. Interior music store. Gerald is holding an acoustic guitar, but not using it. A pair of employees are standing behind a counter, looking on. Hey. How long has he been there? Who? You're you're joking, right? Hey, there's a lot of customers in here today, alright? There are five people here, and we're two of them. Right. Three's a lot of customers for this store. Sure, sure, fine. I'm talking about the guy gingerly holding the guitar. I just got back from break like ten minutes ago. I I haven't seen him move in that time. Oh, yeah. That's Gerald. He comes in every week to try out new various acoustics. Okay. So, how long has Gerald been just sitting there staring? Oh, uh, about 30 minutes, maybe? I don't know. I wasn't keeping track. But, I, I, has he played that thing at all, or has he just sat there? Dude, I don't know, all right? I got several other people to pay attention to. I'm not hyper-focused on one customer. Two. You have two other customers to pay attention to. Have they been particularly loud? No, not really. Have you heard anyone pluck at any of our guitars in the last half hour? Mm, no. Alright, you know, I'm gonna go talk to him. What's his name again? Gerald. Uh, yeah? Oh, oh uh, hey, hey there. <laughs> Ger- Gerald, right? Uh, I-, I see you looking this Yamaha over pretty intently. Anything I can answer? Oh, I... Yeah, I really like the sound of this one normally, but... Today it doesn't have the right sound? No, it's not that. I I came out today to get some errands done, and I thought I'd stop by the store. But I picked up the guitar, and then remembered an appointment. Oh, you, you missed an appointment for, for us? <laughs> that's That's nice of you. No, I made the appointment. That's the problem. Uh, I don't think I follow. I don't think you ever follow, so nothing new there. See, my girlfriend wanted to get me a birthday gift that I would never get myself. It was really sweet, but now I'm not sure how long I need to go before putting any pressure on my fingernails. Finger Fingernails? I'm so confused. She got me a mani-pedi, okay? I feel weird saying it out loud. Oh, well, hey, yeah, I see that. Nice. You got that done today? About an hour ago, yeah. And I think the paint is still drying, maybe. Ah, the classic mistake. Trying to play the acoustic with freshly painted nails. Ah, see? I knew I shouldn't say why I had the problem. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Hey, hey, I'm sorry. I I don't mean to make fun. I I just... That's just my snark getting in the way. Sorry. (laughs) So, you're not sure if you're going to destroy the paint job with the strings? I can grab you a pick if you want. No, my fingernails will hit the strings. I, I don't know. I guess I should just go. There's got to be something we can do for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we can make something happen. I, hey, uh, go grab a marimba mallet. Uh, okay. Sure. I'm not a percussionist. 
Ah, come on, anyone who can keep a beat is a percussionist. Can you keep a beat? Kinda, but not really. Ah, okay. Not not a percussionist. Got it. But but no, no, that's not really why I need the mallet. What's the guitar stand for? Oh, well, the guitar. Here, put the guitar in and, and I'll rotate it over to you. Hey, I found a small mallet. Did you guys know there were other customers back there? They had to be somewhere in the store, right? So you want me to play this guitar like a violin? Violin! Ugh, why didn't I think of that? We have bows right up front. Hey, I don't think this is going to work. That's just not the experience you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, is this about the sensation of playing it or... Or the sensation of hearing the music from the source. Listen, you've both been very nice, but I'm just going to go. No, no, please don't. What? That's a weird reaction to a customer leaving. I I, I just... I, I want to make sure you had an experience here. Sounds like there's two other customers in the drum section you could help. There are other customers here? Dude, are are you feeling okay today? I'm running on three hours of sleep. I'm good. Right. Anyway, those people in the back, they're not here to appreciate the instruments. They're going to walk around a little bit, tap on a couple of drum heads, then give up and leave. I mean, this store is a sideshow for them, and that's fine. But you, you like this place. You you come in because you actually appreciate the difference in sound quality between a Fender and a Gibson. One day you might buy that Yamaha, or, or maybe a different acoustic will call out to you. I, I, I want you to leave this store every time, knowing great instruments are waiting for you. I, I don't want you leaving with a bad memory. Whoa, that was either really deep. Or I fell asleep on the counter again. Hey, look, that's nice and I appreciate it, but it's not necessary. It's been a good day. I used a great birthday gift. I got to hang out holding a fantastic guitar for a while, and I know that it will be here for me tomorrow. Maybe it ends up chipping away the color of my fingernails. But at least by then, my girlfriend will have already seen I appreciated her gift. Do you, um... Do you want us to put a hold on the Yamaha, then? No, that's all right. Either she'll be here or she'll be with somebody more worthy than I am. Gerald exits. Ah, see, now that was deep. (laughs) Hey, uh, can you go check on the window shoppers in the back? We don't have windows in the drum room. That's not... Ugh, fine. I'll go. Gibson exits. Oh. All right. Fender lays their head down on the counter. Lights fade as Fender begins to snore. All right. And that was Counter Offer. Uh, once again, thank you. <laughs> you had to get a second to actually start snoring in there. I get it. <laughs> so that was, once again, from at L-L-E-X-X-R-A-E. Thank you for your Twitter inspiration. And that Twitter sentence was trying to play the acoustic with freshly painted nails.
Ivan, thank you so much for joining us here on All the Webs of Stage. Remind us once again, what is the podcast that we should be tuning into all about teachers and where should we find it? The name of the podcast is The Teacher's Desk. You can find it streaming on all major platforms and it's on the website for itself is on Buzzsprout. You can search for it there, but it's everywhere that you pick up your favorite podcasts and it's available for listening. And like I said, the podcast started off being just about teaching and teachers talking about teaching. But since COVID-19 and the change in education, we have focused more of the podcast on helping parents and other individuals that are helping with the new mode of education as it, as it exists now with remote learning and very little in-person. So it's we've shifted our focus, and now we're going to start talking about the, the conversations about where education goes from here. But yes, the teacher's desk and any every major platform. All right. Ivan, thank you once again for joining us. Listeners, thank you for listening, and we're going to head it off here. So, Ivan, have a great uh, rest of your week, and we look forward to listening to more episodes of Teacher's Desk. Thank you so much for having me, Stephen. As usual, it was a blast. And that will do it for another episode of All the Webs of Stage. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you to Ivan Winkler for joining us today. You can find his podcast, The Teacher's Desk, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other locations as well. Thank you as well to at Nerd Immersion and at L-L-E-X-X-R-A-E for the Twitter inspirations that led to our plays today. Thank you as always to Cullen Vance for the amazing music. You can find more of his work at CullenVanceCreative.com And a thank you to Daniel Blue Rodriguez for the thumbnail artwork. If you enjoyed the show, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating, leave a review, and tell your friends about the amazing podcast you just listened to. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks with another episode of All the Webs of Stage. Melanie lays out her sketchbook pocket sign, picket sign. Melanie lays out her sketchbook picket sign and gets out a sm- smatter of color- colorful markers. Wow, that's really hard <laughs> to say. <laughs>